0: has entered uh, into Jerusalem for the purpose, which he knows the purpose of him going there is to die. He's walked into this city knowing that he will not walk out without dying. And that's what he's he's walking into, and he walks in with the great uh, progression, uh, with the Palm Sunday, as we call it, where they're, they're celebrating. To the temple, and they're doing all kinds of stuff in there that he doesn't like. Because they've turned the place that's supposed to be for the worship of God, for the worship of his father, for the worship of him. They've taken it and they've turned it into a place where they're selling and making money and all kinds of stuff. And Jesus doesn't like that. So he drives them out. He says, hey, no, this isn't happening here. We're getting rid of this. And so the guys who were in charge guys who were making money off this whole enterprise, the guys that had set up this whole system for themselves, don't really like this. And after Jesus drives them out, what does he do? He sits down and he starts teaching people. And he's sharing with people the truth of God's word. He's opening God's word for them and just illuminating for them. Like, here's the truth for you. Here's the reality for you. This is what Jesus is doing for that week before he's about to die on the cross temple, and he's sharing with these people, and that's where we pick up the story in chapter 20, and I'll start in verse 1. One day, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple and preaching the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes with the elders came up and said to him, tell us by what authority you do these things, or who it is that gave you this says, he's sitting here teaching, and these guys, who don't really like him very much, because one, they just, he just shut down their business, right? He he, uh, he shut down their golden cow, where they were literally getting gold from selling cows. Um, he, he shut it down for them, and he ran it out. He said, that's done. We're not doing that. Get out of here. Now he's sitting down teaching, and they're like, hey, who gives you the right? Who gives you the authority to do this? Because the temple. So who is this guy who they have not approved? Who is he to come in to their place and start doing this stuff? And it's easy for us to look at them and say, man, how far off are they? They honestly don't get it. They do Whoa. But if we're honest, we so easily fit right into their shoes. When Jesus comes into our lives and he starts showing stuff that's not right, and he's saying, hey, this isn't right, we need to clean this out of here. When the Holy Spirit convicts us and says, hey, that that doesn't need to be there. You need to get rid of that. What do we say? Well, who gives you the right? Who are you to tell me what I'm supposed to do or not to? Who gives you the authority? We don't like that. And it's easy for us to, put, to be right there in their shoes. Our culture as a whole is a culture that doesn't like, because you are obviously wrong and you're not the authority. They are the authority on these subjects, on anything that they talk about. And that's where we're coming from as a people. That's where these people were coming from. They were the authority. They had set themselves up as the authority in the temple and they're coming to Jesus and they're saying, who gives you the authority to do these things? And he answered them, verse 3. I also will ask, Now tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? So Jesus comes at him with a question. He says, okay, I'll answer your question if you answer me a question. And he goes back to John. So we need to to look back and see, okay, who is this John that he's talking about? And uh, and what's going on here? of John, which was written by the disciple John, not John the Baptist, who is the John in question here. So we can get our Johns kind of mixed up, but, so we're going to read what John the disciple, who became John the Apostle, wrote about John the Baptist and his ministry, okay? So you guys got the Johns lined up here? So John chapter 1, starting in verse 19, he says, now this is before Jesus' ministry, this is before Jesus really shows up on the scene in a big way. John one nineteen, And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am the Christ. I'm sorry. I skipped something. That was right. And they asked him, "What?" He said, I am not the Christ. And they, they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now, they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I'm not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany, across from Jordan, where John was baptizing. So the overall message of John, which he had a big following, he was just this random guy out in the wilderness, he was out from everybody, but all these people were flocking out to come hear him, hear what he had to say, and they were being baptized by him. And overall, his message was, One who is coming right after me, and I'm not even worthy to untie his sandals. He is so great, he is so mighty, insert authority. He has so much authority that I am unworthy to even stoop to his feet. And this is the message of John. And so when Jesus is asked about his authority, it makes sense that he points back to John. But even beyond just what John's message was, we have this specific account in Matthew chapter 3, uh, which is mentioned different places in the Gospels, but I I like Matthew's account of Jesus' baptism. So Jesus goes out to John and is baptized by John. And uh, Matthew 3, starting in verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you I am well pleased. Now, do you think that people remember this? Do you think that a voice from heaven speaking, saying, This is my beloved son, might mean that this guy has a little bit of authority? So back to our interaction. it with one another, saying, If we say from heaven. So the question they're trying to answer is, was the baptism of John from heaven or from man? And he said, If we say from heaven, he will say, Why did you not believe him? But if we say from man, all the people will stone us to death. For they are convinced that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it came from. And Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I. do. He answers question, and then doesn't answer the question. He says, you want to know where my authority comes from? From the start of my ministry, from John, everybody's known. It's been obvious. My authority is from the Father. My authority is from God. John proclaimed this. It was proclaimed in my baptism. The heavens opened up. A voice spoke and said, I am the Son of God. And yet here you are still asking me, by what authority I tell you not to sell things in God's house? I mm-hmm. Authority over this, not authority over that, but all authority. He is our creator. He's our sustainer. He made it all. He put it all together. He's the one that made life. He's the one that breathed life into us. He's the one that created us. He's the one that knew us before we were even created. He did it all. And so, because of that, He has authority. And since Jesus has answered their question, but not answered their question, He goes on to tell a story to. verse 9. And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and lent it out to tenants and went into another country for a long while. And when the time came, he sent a servant to the tenants so that they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him. They sent him away empty-handed. And he sent another servant, but they also beat send my beloved son, perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they said to themselves, this is the heir, let us kill him so that the inheritance may be ours. They threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come. With God, it was miserable for the most part. Like really bad stuff happened to these guys. They so can go guy by guy as they're proclaiming for God, and then everyone else hates them. Why? Because everyone else doesn't want to listen to what they had to say. They listen to God, and so that, that easily fits right in the story. Which